welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. I wanted to chat today about uh, a book that I just completed reading. Okay. Uh, I've actually read this sucker three times now. I was going to say, I thought you had read this like before last year. I did. I read it summer of 2019 and then I might have been 2020. The years are getting all... You're reading this every year. It's a yearly read for you. It has been this so far. So I read. Is it. there any other book that's like that? No. I, wow. The only ones I've, I was just saying. Now this has entered into the reread status of like a Lord of the Rings. I was gonna say maybe Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter to... or something. But <laughs> okay, all right. So um, it must be good. What are we doing? Yeah. So I guess I've read it each of the past three years. Uh, the first when it came out, I was excited about it. Yep. And then I led a little small group for my group leaders on mm-hmm. it, and then I just did it with our interns at church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here it is. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm-hmm. uh, by John Mark Comer. He, I think he recently stepped down as the pastor of Bridgetown oh. Church, mm-hmm. but he was, I think, at the time of writing this. In any case. I like how they've chosen to design that. That's, that's good. Nice and simple. Uh, the whole book is extremely readable. That's why I've been doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh, a lot of good references and like cultural tie-ins. It's just, it's good. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I guess ultimately this will be kind of a discussion about the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a launching point, just to explain what that title's from. Yeah. Uh, there's this, uh, the foreword is by this bloke, John Ortberg, and he's a megachurch pastor out in California, Menlo Park. And... He was kind of being mentored by Dallas Willard. Some people may recognize that name. Big time Christian thinker, philosopher. And John was asking, he's like kind of experiencing some burnout in his role as leading this huge organization and pastoring. Uh, Dallas, how can I be the best version of me? And there's this long pause. And... Dallas Willard says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hmm. And John's like, oh, okay. All right, what else should I do? <laughs> what else can I add to the list? <laughs> and Willard's like, there is nothing else. The great, the great enemy spirit. Uh, you got it. Come on. Channel. Channel you to Willard. Um, the great enemy of spiritual life in our day is hurry. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That is a surprising answer to get from someone like Dallas Willard, who's written plenty of books about spiritual formation. And you would expect someone like that to say, what was the question? How can I be the best version of me? Mm-hmm. Um, read your Bible every day and pray every day and try to be more like Jesus. Some moralization is what you would normally expect, like try to be mm-hmm. more selfless or something. But this answer of beware hurry, and to call it the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. I mean, you might, I mean, yeah. if you asked the average person what that What's would be. What's the greatest enemy? Uh, there's, you could have a whole, I'm sure you'd hear um, Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, the Democratic Party. <laughs> porn. Yeah. Um, Maybe t- social, TV, media. No, yeah. social media. Social right. media. Um, sex trafficking. I don't know what it would yeah. it'd be a lot of other things besides hurry. Yeah. That people would point to. Um, so I guess from there, what well, let's, let's kind of drill down on what he can mean by that. Yeah. Why would that be the case? Eliminate hurry. Well, what is hurry? When you mm-hmm. hear that, when, when 
that claim. When I think that I think about a calendar that has more obligations than hours in the day to fill them. Oh dear. Or like really mismanaged. uh, Yeah. Either well, maybe not a calendar, but like a or at least that feeling in my when I'm feeling hurried, I'm feeling like there's more being demanded of me than I have time to meet. Mm -hmm. So I have to move quick and go from task to task, get it all done. That's what I think about as far as Mm -hmm. hurry. A lack of breathing room in my life. So I'm going straight from one meeting to the next and I'm kind of running late and I better not get stuck in traffic or that's going to really piss me off or, you know, yep. that's hurry for me. Yeah. One of the authors in, uh, that he cites uh, has this term hyper living, uh, skimming along the surface of life and never really getting down deep and living from your core or being present. It's kind of like some... This, yeah, see... That go, you said modern hi- lingo. You say hyper living. Hyper living. Hyper living. That um, this goes to what we talked. It must have been over a year since we talked about this. But you know the sense that we have of like, my real life's going to start somewhere down the road, but mm-hmm. not yet. So I'm just kind of getting through this, and then I'll really do life or whatever. And that is sort of the hurried way. I just once I get through all these tasks, then and it's like never seems to be the case, at least right. for me. It's like there will be uh, more tasks. <laughs> or another way of, they put it in there is um, the danger uh, is that you will have mislived. You, uh, you will have... That's, terif- that's a terrifying word, dude. Mm-hmm. To mislive? I've never heard that, but you just freaked me out <laughs> at the concept that that's even a thing. Yes, of course. And that doesn't mean like you here and there did unethical things or something, or you made no, no. a mistake. It's that but you, you were kind uh, of getting through your life. You missed the point yep. or you yep. didn't really focus on what mattered and you squandered. Mm-hmm. This All this is wrapped up into it. Misliving. It's interesting when you say squandered like that. The word squander makes me think of you've got idle time and you haven't done enough. You should be more hurried. You squandered. But maybe that's not no, what not you're saying. Yeah, Mm-mm. that's counterintuitive. Um, because the message of you know, make sure you show up for your life, be present, that is often coupled with like the Instagram influencer, um, Gary V type, like hyper productive, figure out what you want in life and get after it and make a list and get up and grind every day and do it, do it, do it so mm-hmm. that your life really counts. That, that message is packaged together where hyper living, if that's what we're going to call it, is sort of praised as, yeah, it's cram as much as you can in. Get as much as you done uh, done as you can because life's short. Got to make it count. Yeah. Um, so I think they try to. They, I mean, it's one author, but he's referencing a lot of different people. They're saying similar things. It's not. It's not necessarily the claim that your schedule. You have a full schedule mm-hmm. because it, wisdom would also have you live life intentionally, and just as. <laughs> A financial advisor would say uh, every dollar in your budget should have a name on it before mm-hmm. it gets goes out. Like you're spending your money intentionally. Whatever it might be, even if it's money Just on fun n- and blow. Know that you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, Sorry, it's, did you say fun and blow? Like a blow money, you know, you're just kind of blowing <laughs> Isn't it. Isn't blow cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I mean, like, you know, yeah, it's kind yeah. of frivolity. Oh, but that's it's a line item in the budget. Like you did it on purpose. Yeah. Um, Just plan for your cocaine binges. If you're gonna binge, <laughs> plan it. So uh, I think similarly, like a time management or production coach, like a, yeah. Gary Vee might be one. Uh, nothing bad about having your time 
spoken for on a calendar and you're being intentional, I'm going to do this at this time. In fact, you actually might need a tool like a calendar yeah. to do what John's talking about in this book yes. properly. Mm-hmm. So uh, scheduling's not the enemy. Yeah, it's um, maybe it's more of a an inner spiritual state of uh, yeah, hyper living or this hurried attitude, frenzied, like a posture, um, an internal mm-hmm. stance towards life. Let me let me read some um, please some symptoms here. Yeah, hit us with the. How do you know if you've accidentally built yourself a hurried life? Wouldn't it be cool if I just found it right away? Well, you will. So, so let's see if any of this resonates. This is what the, these are some of the symptoms of what living a hurried life will yield. We feel distant from God and end up living off someone else's spirituality via a podcast feed huh? or book or one page <laughs> devotional. Uh, we feel distant from ourselves. We lose sight of our identities and callings. We get sucked into the tyranny of the urgent, not the important. We feel an undercurrent of anxiety that rarely, if ever, goes away. The sense that we're always behind, always playing catch up, never done. I know that. I know that feeling. Then we get exhausted. We wake up and our first thoughts are, already, I can't wait to go to bed. We lag through our days. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> our low-grade energy on loan from our stimulants of choice. Even when we catch up on our sleep, we feel a deeper kind of tired. Then we turn to our escapes of choice. We run out of energy to do what's actually life-giving for our souls, like prayer. And instead, we turn to the cheap fix, another glass of wine, a new show streaming online, our social media feeds, porn. We co- become easy prey for the tempter just furthering our sense of distance from God and our souls. Then emotional unhealth sets in. We start living from the surface of our lives, not the core. We're reactionary. The smallest thing is a trigger. A throwaway line from the boss, a snide comment from a coworker, a suggestion from a spouse or a roommate. It doesn't take much. We lose our tempers, bark at our kids, get defensive, sulk, feel angry, sad, and often both. I've been there. So I think each of us have had a bit of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, there was an interesting um, distinction made in one of those lists. I forget what he said to do with it, but he made a distinction between the urgent and the important. Yeah. The tyranny of the urgent, yeah, yeah. not the important. Can you say more? Yeah. Um, Things that are urgent seem important often, so, but the point is they might not be. They might be barking for your attention, but not actually matter that much. So this, is that what he's saying? Yeah, we can get to this a little bit later of like what the antidote is, which mm. is sometimes called simplicity, the ancient spiritual practice. Now it's been redubbed minimalism. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it's um, urgency happens when we crowd our life full of things that demand our attention and there's not enough time for it. So like your point earlier, like it's not necessarily like things on the calendar. It's mm. just uh, you have uh, invaded your own life with different responsibilities mm-hmm. um, that you can't that you have to kind of main spin all these plates at once, where you can't get to the things that really are important to you. Yep. So uh, what are those things? I mean, um, I don't know. Well, having an, having certain nice cars. 
like I need to get it go ch- checked up on or having a motorcycle. I mm-hmm. need to go get it tuned and yep. get it washed so it looks nice. And I actually have to ride it sometimes to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our possessions just take over in that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, begin to own you. Well, you become a slave to the possession instead of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like the kids are doing their 10th sport thing of the year and they're also doing ballet or theater and you just there's so much that you can fill your life with Mm -hmm. that i have to keep getting to the next thing and i haven't done what's really important and what would that be because when i think about like it would it would be good for my kid to do ballet or or sport or something like that those are developmentally good for my kid and Mm -hmm. there are there are plenty of good things i can fill my life with it's not all like it's not that i'm filling it with a bunch of bad things like his whole bit about yeah you you might get tempted to go do drugs and tune out and check out sure but mm-hmm. like say that i have um i've got a pretty full schedule because like well you you've got four kids mm-hmm. um one of if one of them wants to do karate and one of them wants to do gymnastics and what, like your schedule is going to fill up and it and it might all be good stuff um is it are we saying that it's the amount of commitments or it's or it's the posture towards those commitments um how do you know if you have this problem i guess it's that list you just read just yeah. like how are you coping <laughs> right yeah what's the fruit of would, this life you've built i do think that is ultimately it i mean mm. you have different personalities and different that can uh carry heavier loads mm-hmm. of mental bandwidth um oh so totally you so have people who are very like driven, productive, they, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, Jocko Willink gets up at 4 a.m. every day and runs five miles mm-hmm. or something. and Which is great, and those guys are inspiring, but uh, I do not often hear about his relationship with his family mm. and his podcasts. I mean, I've listened to quite yeah, a fair few. fair enough. Which, Jocko, we're not speculating. No, you no, might no. have a great family life. Yeah, it could be. Hope you do. You probably do, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But there is a trade-off, you're saying. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Like the those do, like yeah, it's great. It's cool to learn karate and to get some exercise as a kid and make some friends. Um, is that though like kind of a substitute for you spending time with your kids? Mm. Is that what go you keep meant? them busy by sending them to this thing? And you're just on social. You're scrolling while on your phone see, while the, they're doing their karate. See, that's what would get me when I think about Harry. I, I can really waste some time on social media. Mm-hmm. The unconscious scrolling where you sort of realize like how how long have I been doing this? And yeah. And there is still, even though if I've been doing it for 30, there's still a sense of, oh, just one more swipe, see what's next. You know, like hunting for information. Yep. That sort of thing can really get you. Yeah. Man. There's a there's a lot of cool analogs with the financial world. Like yeah. I've been um listening to more of Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. and his whole bit about credit card because he's like famous for being anti-credit card yep and i still have one and i haven't heeded the advice but i I can't deny what i find it very convenient Mm -hmm. but what he the stats on it are they just hold up like you spend more you will spend more when you have one yeah yeah you don't feel the pain of loss when you use cash yeah um and so just to say like there's a reason why like he has this funny bit about like, look at the size of your house and now look at the size of their house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they have big skyscrapers yeah. and you have this little house. Yeah. You know, and there's a reason like what they're doing is working. Yeah. They're predating on or hijacking your biology and 
you know, your cognitive biases about the distance from your money with a credit card. Yeah. Same thing with social media companies and your attention. Like these are they're the most powerful, oh, yeah. richest companies in the world for a reason. Yeah, yeah, they they're deliberately trying to take away your attention. They want yeah. me to have that feeling of what if I just scroll a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that persistent feeling that you described there in the book of like always being behind, never quite being on top of it, jobs never done. I definitely felt that way like last year, year before last in my previous role at in ministry. Ministry is one of those like church, mm-hmm. job is never done. It's always more people. You never reach a finish point where it's like, okay, we, what, made a bunch of Christians and now we're done like that. I don't know. We're about doing life with people and people come and people go and you invest in someone for months and then they leave. And like mm-hmm. there is this perpetual feeling of there's always more you could do for the church. Yep. It's become almost rote at this point um, with our staff team. The little, what's the best thing you have to offer someone? Mm. Your own thriving relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Which I, I get like that sounds corny from the outside and often does to me. But I do think I do think it's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll and agree. I can fall in the trap of the best thing I have to offer someone is my cool program that I designed. My talents. Or my sermon that I wrote. Yeah. Or... Or I don't know that I can be a good conversationalist or something. In yeah, a, and it's not. Those are all um, things that are improved by my relationship with. But it's not the same thing as my no relationship. It's all. It, that's like saying the greatest gift you can give someone is keeping your soul healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because everything else you do flows out of that. Your ability mm-hmm. to be present with somebody in a conversation, your ability to write a moving sermon. All of that is going to be influenced by like how healthy are you spiritually yep. at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and and how closely are you cultivating your relationship with God? Yeah. So so there's a it's recognizing that hurry is a problem. So I think we've done that to a mm-hmm, degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's the number one thing people say when you're if they decline? Sorry, I'm so busy doing something. Yeah, too busy. Too busy. Sorry, I haven't been able to. I'm so busy. Uh, and so we're just living. So sometimes that's in just kind of a throwaway line, and they really are just sitting at home watching TV. They just or want to say no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's yeah, our life. Um, I mean, that's a form of busyness, though. Mm-hmm. Is just endlessly watching streams. Oh, it is. This is what I was going to say. Is when I think about okay, if um, if hurriedness is the problem. And the idea is we need to eliminate hurry, create some space, create some margin in our lives. There is in me a bit of a resistance to that. As as anxiety producing as hurry can be, if I if you have an hour, say, and nothing that you have to do, mm-hmm. now you have to choose how to spend that. And if you're anything like me, staving off boredom is a real consideration. Yeah. Like to just sit for an hour. Hard. Unpleasant. Um that's so, probably a, it's a that's a sign that there's a there's some kind of there's a problem issue. right like yeah. I'm a, like I'm addicted to stimulus or something like I'm mm-hmm. addicted to doing or getting new info or something for me to just sit on the back deck and watch the trees for an hour would be there would be in me a constant like ah, go do something yep. go do something else go do something else um, which is weird I mean I don't know if that's has that gotten worse over time is that worse given all of the screen time and stuff that we have and mm-hmm. how stimulating all of that is. 
2,000 years ago, did people have a hard time sitting and watching trees? Did they get as bored as I do now? I don't know. But um, maybe we could explore, and maybe this is where you were going. Okay, say you create a bit of margin. What are you supposed to do in that margin? Mm -hmm. Should you... <clears throat> is is boredom something you should practice? Is that good? <laughs> Just well, like... <laughs> Here's something I think is really cool about the book. And it's obviously like he's a pastor and there's a lot of religious language in it. One thing I wanted to touch on in the conversation, like now that as we're approaching the solution, like what's how do, how do we address mm -hmm. this or how do we eliminate hurry? It's almost like it's um, everyone already is kind of running some kind of software for their lifestyle. How are you living? Mm-hmm. Or on how the New Testament authors and the Gospels talk about it is a yoke. Um, so ra different rabbis, different teachers had they use this metaphor of a yoke, which is like a thing that goes over the the oxen mm -hmm. that has them go in a certain way as they plow the fields or carry stuff. The oxen are yoked. It is a burden that they're bearing, but it's to get you in a in a clean way from a dust from where you were to where you're going, right? Yep. It's a way to help you correctly navigate the journey or in our situation to live well, to mm -hmm. avoid misliving, okay? So every rabbi had their yoke. And back in the day, maybe you followed a Pharisee rabbi and they were like a little more stringent on some of the rules you had to upkeep. And so um, they w had what's a heavy burden, or mm -hmm. a heavy yoke. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes along and there's that famous line, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, what's interesting there is Jesus has a, he's offering you a yoke. It is something that you kind of have to put on and it's heavy at first and it is a burden. It's, it's yeah. not nothing. It's restrictive in some way, right? Like right. a yoke, yeah. Um, but the point of it is to get you where you want to go, which mm -hmm. is... Um, like as John Orberg said, the me I want to be mm -hmm. or to not hyper live, to, to get down to the core of my life and be present. Yeah. Uh, or as Dallas Willard put, um, the cost of discipleship is high, but the cost of non-discipleship is higher. Mm. So like mm -hmm. if you're finding yourself, if you resonated with that list, list of symptoms, uh, then... There is you're already incurring a cost. Yeah, you have a yoke. This right isn't now. <laughs> this isn't like we're at neutral and then you're like, oh, do I want to take on these old fuddy duddy religious yeah, ideas? Right. Like, no, you're suffering. You are already swamped. And and you have a yoke of sorts. It's the yoke of modernity mm -hmm. of the information age. And that yoke that you have on that's invisible to you, kinda like um when the what's I can't, I can't remember how the adage goes, like asking the fish if it is wet. Oh, yeah. You know? so like, what does it mean to be wet? What well, is water? You yeah, just, you're always wet. No idea. So you've been, if you haven't really thought about this or you have this invisible yoke on you that you are carrying this burden of, well, I need to check my phone. I have to check social media. Oh, what if someone has tagged me in a, com uh, a mm -hmm. photo or a comment and you're not actively thinking that. That's just, it's so... That uh, the wood on that yoke has so grafted onto your <laughs> neck that's come part it's of you. It's merged. You know? Yeah. 
uh, and there's a lot of things like I need to check Netflix and what's what's the latest show and mm-hmm. uh, I want to feel like I, I, you feel like an idiot if someone like have you seen that show yet or played that game and you're yeah. like no no and then you feel like a, a Philistine a <laughs> barbarian that's not caught up with the times uncultured this is all part of the deal you know yeah so you have this yoke and the question is is that yoke the right one there are other yokes that you can that you can put on. And yeah. Jesus is coming along and saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What I love about this book is, um, and he quotes Eugene Peterson, another pastor, uh, Christianity has been so focused on Jesus as the life and the truth. Like Jesus says, true doctrines, and he's the way to get eternal life. Mm-hmm. But we've forgotten about Jesus as the way. Like Jesus has yep. this famous statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way meaning a lifestyle, how to live, how yeah. to live a good human life. Like he is the pattern. Not just these little truths, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you get what I mean. I do. Beyond doctrine, beyond like eternal destinations. No, it's a way of being. How should you live now? Like Jesus has something to say and models mm-hmm. uh, how, how he went about doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's really good, dude. So what... Um, what uh if his yoke is easy burden is light what is the yoke what is the burden mm-hmm. uh, or maybe sorry the the final thought with my little spiel there was if you're a secular person watching this mm. consider before you don't worry about jesus as like this larger than life religious figure that people are trying to tell you to believe in or right. put your faith in just consider him yet another a figure that's offering a yoke, a yoke that's on the table for how to live your life. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's mistaken, then don't do it. Yeah. Like judge it by its own merits. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I'm, I firmly believe that things are good, not because Jesus commanded them, but Jesus commanded them because they're good. Mm. They're mm-hmm. independently. They, the things we're about to talk about, the solution would be are good for people independent of what you happen to believe about God yeah, and Jesus. faith. Yeah. They just are good for, you as a person. Just try it. Yeah. 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 So what would be some of those solutions? We've yeah. created space. Let's say we've done that. Let's say I've Well too soon. So, yeah, what do you what do you mean by that? I mean I you've created space. What I did you do? Looked through I took mental inventory or maybe actual inventory of my uh the ways my time is spent or mm-hmm. the obligations I have on a regular basis, like a kind of life as a lifestyle mm-hmm. how am i living see if anything needs to go see if i'm doing more than i need to more than i should uh i guess time is what i'm trying to reclaim a bit of um because i and correct me maybe i'm misunderstanding mm-hmm. could you have a packed calendar and say that you've eliminated hurry if it's this posture thing it's an internal disposition. I, is, I do is, think that, yeah. Like in, with the budget analogy, that every to- piece of time is spoken for. Yes. So that should still I, be the I plan. Don't th- I don't think that's like totally antithetical. It might be for some people right. to live that way. It might be like too much of a change, but yeah. Um, so to me, to me, that that project is the discipline of simplicity. Another way of putting simplicity is ridding your life, uh, deciding what matters most Mm -hmm. and ridding your life of things that distract you from that. 
That's the project of simplicity, to live a simple life. When you say that, it makes it seem like there's a lot that probably needs to go in my life. <laughs> okay, like let's let's explore it. Like, thinking what do you mean? about what matters most and eliminating things that don't help me towards that goal. Mm-hmm. I guess it is tricky, and this is the ongoing discussion of values. There's more than one thing that matter to me as being important, mm-hmm. and some more than others. Um, like, for let's compare, for example, there's two random examples. Uh, there is the relationship I'm building with my son. That's that's very important. That's yeah. like right up there on the list for me. Yep. And then there is like the fun I could have uh, playing some VR game with my new headset. Yeah. Okay, that'd be fun. Both of those things are somewhat important to me, but one way more than the other. The eliminating hurry doesn't mean getting rid of anything that doesn't serve the highest good in your life right there's still room for a hierarchy of values a hierarchy of values yeah yeah okay um but i wonder there's definitely possessions i could get rid of like i have more stuff than i need mm-hmm. and stuff that like I, I haven't touched in a while or is not serving me in a regular way towards the things that are important to me it's it's sitting there as a one day i might need that type thing that i'm mm-hmm. hanging on to in terms of time I'm spent, like stuff I'm doing. It probably just does come back to this, what you and I were talking about before we even hit record of taking on some extra work that actually isn't my job and hmm. is meaning I'm taking time from family or something to do it. Um, maybe there's not as much I need to eliminate as I thought. Sorry, I'm just kind of thinking this through live. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when I mean, you, I don't, I don't I, think there's a like. What we want to avoid is I don't think this is supposed to be a legalistic thing. It's no, it's right. individual, relative, and sensitive. So, is it? Sorry, just one more thought. To help me with this, the other day I was thinking about trying to order my just my life and what am I aiming at and what's important to me, and I kind of broke it into a few categories. I'm curious how you do this practically, like how mm-hmm. you how you do this when you think about your life. There's sort of these areas that I'm tending to. There is there's my family, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's my friendships. Um, there's my health that I'm wanting to maintain. Uh, there's my creative outlets, whatever those happen to be. What you're describing right now is and like when, for those who have played the game The Sims. Oh yeah. There's a little bar at the bottom. There's six little Oh great. There's a green bar. Like it's green when it's healthy. Oh. And it's and it tra- it's always going down. I need one of those. And it goes to yellow and then red. And there's six categories. There's uh hygiene. Uh oh, that was hu- on my list. <laughs> hunger and bathroom. Mm-hmm. Relationships, fun. Yeah. And rest, I think. Oh, okay. All and right. so those are always always draining. They're always going down. You've got to top them and up. So you the whole game basically is you going to do different things to make your bars go back up. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the game. It's kind of like life. <laughs> kind of like life. <laughs> As you're describing, I mean, that's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it that developers have put into yeah. a very popular game. Or at least just try, I tried to pick so like some more broader domains that are, okay, this is important to me, this is important to me, rather than getting too granular with like, okay, well, I spent an hour yesterday doing... I don't know, learning about blockchain on YouTube or something like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how does that fit into maybe if I can't quickly slot something into one of those categories as to why it's important to me, then maybe I need to examine, should I really be doing this or spending my time on it? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, sort of practically, how do you go about trying to solve that? Do you write something down or like, do you look at your calendar? If you've been feeling this, okay, I'm hurried. I need to eliminate some. Now what, yeah, I'll say, I'll preface it by like when I'm, when I'm doing this well, Okay. I yeah. don't claim to have arrived. No, no, sure. Uh, this has been like a kick in the butt for me recently because I do feel like I've been, been hyper living in some ways. Mm. Um, I was experiencing the dissonance quite a bit more when I had the dissertation hanging over my head because sure. that was important it to was me important to finish to and I was distracting myself with things that did not matter. It was important but not urgent and there were other things that seemed urgent but weren't as important. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. seemed urgent. It became urgent yeah. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> right. It finally, that's why I got done. It eventually became urgent. It finally urgent made its way important. into the urgent category. Yeah. Because yeah. it was costing me money. Yeah. Um, so when you have done it well, what does it look like when you do like an inventory? You have to do some kind of inventory. I mean, to. Or do you have an example of something you have eliminated, like um, a change you've made after reading this book? In yeah, one of so, three times. So I, I I mentioned it in passing before we started, but like the biggest change was how I relate to my cell phone. Yeah, tell me about um, that. I think I might have a problem. So I I followed his advice. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I don't do like the I don't have Facebook on there. Not really doing that, but man, I will scroll <clears throat> Reddit. I did all these things. Ready? Mm. This is a uh, in his. Uh, chapter on slowing down which seems quite a bit like the opposite of hurry it does um take email off your phone take all social media off and put it on a desktop and schedule set times to check it uh during the week disable your web browser uh delete all notifications including texts um don't get text notifications Mm -mm. i have to open the text app to find it would that fly at our workplace Someone texted me and I just didn't check it till later this afternoon. Yeah, sorry. Ditch news apps. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I went. Uh, I didn't most of it. Delete every single app you don't need or that doesn't make your life seriously easier, like a maps or a calculator. Uh, I've kept Sudoku, which probably should go. Dude. Uh, consolidate said apps into simple boxes so your home screen isn't cluttered. Yeah. Can I see your uh, and, home screen? And finally set your phone to grayscale mode. What? What color is a problem now? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd differ with him there. So he, <laughs> Mate, I'm not living life in black look, and white. Look how much more uninteresting I, that is. I do see. I see. The idea is to break the addiction that you have yeah. staring at this shiny device. Uh, I'm just going to sh- hold this up to the camera. I don't know if you guys can see that. Look at that. He's got f- six icons. Black and white. Sorry, six icons. No, black I and think white. Uh, now I'm seeing at the top. I guess I didn't. That does look cool, man. A messenger came I'm, in. I'm frightened that? to show you my dude. I think I have four pages of apps. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got widgets. I've got stock charts, like yeah. just there. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, can I push back? Yes. Just a counter argument, and and I found that I don't. Now when I go, like my big time was going to the bathroom. I was going to say, so when you're in the bathroom, you are in line at the BMV. Now what do you do? Bring book. Oh, you're cutting a book around? Because that matters. Yeah, that matters more to me. And I'm happy to be doing that now. You, okay. 
You could have that book on your phone, though. Yeah, fair enough. I've just never gotten but, into but digital maybe, reading. Or the idea is, yeah, but if it's on your phone, you'll also do all kinds of other stuff on your phone. Maybe not if you've eliminated it all from the phone. I have just found that for me, as I think about my mm-hmm. relationship with social media and with my phone, it is it is a very it's something I go to when I have found time. Uh, it's something I go to very quickly if there's a wait for anything. And so what I tell myself mm-hmm. is I'm redeeming all those moments through the day and I'm using that time well to like learn or be entertained or whatever. But maybe what I'm actually doing is just creating a monster. I think it's escapist, yeah. Because then... No, but how is it any more escapist than bringing a book and being like, I don't want to experience this line at the BMV. I'm going to read my book and go somewhere else. Is the true like presentist just like, I'm just going to be here in the BMV and I'll pray for that guy and I'll pray for this guy? Uh, I'm, I would I'm say... I'm sure there it, are people out there who do that. God yeah, bless you. I, you're probably, way more spiritual than me. I think you're right. I think it is a baby step in that direction. It's more intentional. Yeah. Like here is this... I, I, I want to get this into me instead of the random scrolling. And I'm just on a roller coaster of a dopamine hit. I mean, we could talk all about social media. Mm. Just... Uh, insert social dilemma document. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and most people report feeling more unhappy after they look at social media than before. Now, to be again, sorry, I know yeah. I'm like kicking back a lot. No, 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 it's fine. like an addict trying to defend his yeah, yeah. <laughs> behavior. Now, I'm not. I'm not just randomly scrolling like Facebook. Like people, oh, where did they go on vacation, and what's going to mm-hmm. come up? This is like. It's subreddits that I've subscribed to because I know there's subjects I'm interested in. It's like news feeds Mm -hmm. that I'm interested in this topic. Here I've got 30 minutes to catch up on the news. Yeah. Is that so bad? Uh, It's it's better, potentially. Because I don't feel unhappy after Mm -hmm. that. I'm not like comparing my life to others and... Oh, they're so perfect on social media and my life's a wreck. I don't have that. I mean, I I have a suspicion of... like Because I know you, what... Yeah. The content of those will usually be about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can, I can see it being more like the sense of urgency and things are happening now. And totally. There's some like, oh, there's always a formative moment. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're guilty of this any more than yeah. we all are, but Jesus has that famous statement of um, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Yeah, right. And it's not crucially uh, don't. Or uh, that that is like you shouldn't do it. So you can't. You you can't. You can't do it. You can't do both. Yeah. Um, I I guess I'm. Yeah, I'm curious. Maybe I should just try it, like we did with the vegan thing. Maybe I should just make a little commitment and just experiment, mm-hmm. and see what it's He's like. He's not saying never do social media. Oh, it's I know. Intentionally plan for it. Plan and plan this when is when you're I'm going to look at the news. I just know that. I would go through my day, and this is not a good reason. This is like an addict saying, I'll experience withdrawal. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will have those pangs of like, I'm bored. Do something, do something, mm-hmm. do something. Um, I, feel, I feel it so quickly. Man, going to, the, like, going to a urinal, peeing, and I'll feel that urge to like pull out your phone and check. Mm-hmm. It's no point. Like, so I wonder, does that go away? Because uh, I wouldn't want to live the rest of my life with any time I bump into some found time i'm getting pangs of mm-hmm. i'm bored do so something. a couple times i turned just in the past week that i've been doing this i turned back on my text notification because i found myself opening the phone all the way to like check 
the text. Like, has anyone texted me? Yeah. Yeah. So that one I might tweet. I'm still working on that one. Mm -hmm. um, so you haven't just had set text times? Like I checked my texts at 10 a.m.? Yeah, no. 2 p.m.? I might. I'm, I don't know. Maybe that would solve the I, I, checking. It's mostly, I don't care about the work thing at all. It's mostly like if Sarah's trying to get a hold of me. I actually don't care too much about the work thing either, just because they've pushed this book and talked a bunch about like yeah. having proper mm -hmm. life balance, like the, yep. the thriving relationship with Jesus thing that comes from, <clears throat> that comes from our church. So yeah, I guess I'm more worried about my own psychology and, uh, ability to podcasts put up have been it. a big Achilles heel for me. And that's something I I'm wrestling. Like I've justified in the past of like the found time thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that might still be appropriate for something, maybe like working out or, um, but I, but literally I was just doing it every possible moment. All of my car trips yep. are just, I'm going to play for 10 minutes of this conversation. Yeah. And it's just constantly, something's happening when why not just spend some moments in silence and yep hmm i mean i i do think that i think i've said this before in previous podcasts the as much as boredom is uh something i'm flagging as a concern here i don't think it's warranted i've i think i've said before that if you're experiencing boredom you're not paying enough attention hmm. like you meditation is the cure for boredom there is an endless stream of interesting things to pay attention to and look mm -hmm. at and think about and whatever but um the idea of like removing something like a podcast that i love that gives me a little dopamine hit and not replacing it with something else i don't love that it freaks me out because i'm like you every time i get in the car yes here we go get to hit that podcast mm -hmm. button again like i like it i like these people i like hearing what they're talking about and I look forward to my time in the car where I can drive around and hear that. So I would want to know it's what a, am I replacing flip, it's really with? It's really the flip side. It's why is the other version scary? Yeah. That's that's what needs to be investigated. Like what am I avoiding? Because no one's saying like it's not fun to listen to these personalities on the podcast or to listen to music. Sure, sure, man. But But if you weren't to do that, why is it then like frightening to not do it? Because now... That's not the same thing anymore. Like, yeah, right. say, like I don't feel that way about laser tag. Yeah, I'm not scared it's to fun. not be doing laser tag tomorrow, and it's fun. Yeah, I like to play laser tag, or I did when I was a youth. Yeah, but why is it like like I'm afraid to sit out on my deck for an hour with nothing and just sit there and look out at my backyard? It would make me a little anxious. Mm -hmm. I'm broken. I'm broken in the mind, man. Something's wrong with me. That shouldn't be. And boredom, I, boredom can be some of the greatest moments of creativity and, and clarity and dreaming. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people experience this in the shower. Uh, it's one of the few times in our day as modern human beings that you're kind of with by yourself and not... I mean, some people have shower radios and the whole deal and maybe maybe you do blast the podcast or something while you're... Usually I don't, yeah. but I have been known to if okay. I'm excited about one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's one of those rare moments where you're, it's there's more hurdles to like get that going and mm -hmm. um, and people report like I had an idea in the shower this morning. Shower thoughts is a whole subreddit yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just one. That's just um, one little recommendation in the slowing category. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of interesting even thinking about slow movement. 
as an indicator of contentment mm. uh, and enjoying life. Like think of like just the archetypal figures of wisdom. Almost all of them are depicted as slow moving creatures, right? Like like they yeah. Yoda. They're right where they need to be right now. Yeah, Yoda's not in a, he's in no he's, hurry. He's at not all. trying to get somewhere. Now he like and it's that juxtaposition when he fights Count Dooku when he's in a late lightsaber battle. Now he, he like takes off his robe all slow and then he is flipping all over the place. He's fighting. got the energy. Yeah, once once it's important. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's just kind of moseying around. or a Gandalf or a Dumbledore. I uh, love that scene. Like the Yoda wise old crazy. men. Um, they're some, they're all slow. None mm-hmm. of them are like running around. Yeah, you don't imagine Jesus frantically running from one group of people to the other. No, <laughs> trying no. Trying to do his ministry. And... Mm-mm. Yeah. So like Jesus, so the back to Jesus for a second, like his yoke, uh, that guy had a really packed schedule was going from town to town and doing this itinerant preaching and the crowds wouldn't leave him alone. Um, but he made sure to like, I am going to get away and seek solitude. It would say he would go out before the sun came up Mm. if he had to. Um, even though he had a full day the previous day and the next day, I am going to go out into the, to the wilderness, uh, to find that shalom and solitude being alone in his case with God mm. and in silence, which is part of his rhythm. You've really convicted me, man. Oh. Well, just like through this conversation, I'm just realizing it's been, it's been too long since I was in a regular habit of making space like that. Mm. Like I would go for walks in these woods all the time mm-hmm. and just chat to God. It's been a while since I've done that. Um, probably a good season for me too to start thinking about, okay, what what's really important? What could different rhythms look like? Maybe we can shift here to um, mm. the the what he says is the foundational one that he would recommend people start with is none of that stuff. It's going to be too hard. You won't be able to do it. Mm. You're so basically broken and diseased from like, your addiction. We're trying to form new habits, right? That, this... like, that's why I don't think we start with carve out space okay. because you're immediately going to feel all of that angst mm. and it'll, you'll just fail. I felt it just imagining. Yeah, yeah. So, well, sorry to cut that short, but that's the end of part one of this conversation. We'll be back next week with part two. If that frustrates you, uh, maybe practice eliminating the sense of hurry you have in your life. I'm just joking. We'll see you next week for part two.